Welcome to The Future Is In, the podcast that gives you permission to live your truth. I am Janae Hicks, your guide on the Zen journey, and I am thrilled to be here with my bestie to share the lessons learned from this insane adventure that we call life. This has been years in the making, but we're ready to provide a safe space to help people like us navigate work and life with humor, honesty, and a lot of heart. Whether it's our missteps, insights, or leveraging our natural talents, we want to help you create a life worth living right now. From difficult experiences to moments of pure joy, we're here to help you get through it all and come out wiser and more resilient. We're going to bring you closer to the light even on the darkest days, so come on, let's create space for your life. Life doesn't have to be so hard. We have to learn to create more space for our truth. This fall, we invite you to join us on our Zen journey as we delve into the extraordinary stories of ordinary people just like you. Together, we'll build a community centered around acceptance and self-discovery. So sit back, relax, and let's get real about this Zen journey. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Okay, what is the dark night of the soul? Okay, so... um, the dark night of the soul. I mean, it, it's this concept that most like spiritually enlightened ones. So the enlightened ones of our generation have went through a period where it was extremely difficult, very painful. Like it's a moment that brings them to their knees. And because of that, they're able to grow from it and become better. Like Buddha talks about his dark night of the soul. Like, Mm. of course, we know Jesus Christ, the the Christ story and the dark night of Jesus Christ. And uh, Muhammad talks about the dark night of his soul. And we can even track it to MLK and we can track it to like Mother Teresa. And we can track it to all of these people who live in our um, ethos for enlightenment. And they talk about what it means for them, like the hardest moments of their life and how it taught them to be who they are. And so I think that everybody has, you know, a Buddha moment where they're out in the wilderness and they're trying to figure out like, who am I? And I would just love for us to take a second and like talk through what was your dark night of the soul, right? Oh, I already know. Like, what was that moment where you were like, oh, I literally, I cannot do this anymore. It's too much. Yeah. Um, I never heard of that term dark night of the soul and it definitely makes me think about the batman movie the dark night so i've got to come back out of that in my brain but i have you know read a nice deal about like these different stories and the buddha i know i remember the story very distinctly about how it was like all these like very scary things happening to him and he just had to like sit calmly and sit with it and it's like an analogy for how when you are going through uncomfortable things you just bring it along with you. If you're scared about something like, okay, fear, okay, anxiety, okay, like you yes. are, I, I recognize you here, but you're not about to move me. Um, but my dark night of the soul was my journey to motherhood. I experienced infertility. I did IVF three times and it was unsuccessful. And then I, um, pursued adoption and my daughter was placed for adoption with us. So my daughter is, an ado- is adopted. And that process, all of those years were just excruciatingly difficult for me. They were emotionally, financially, physically painful for me in like every way. And it was just 
I had never experienced something coming at me from every level like that. Um, for, like my emotions, my physical self was actually hurting from the pro- procedures and things that I was doing. I was emotionally hurt and financially killing my pockets. Yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just had to continue moving. I I grappled with whether I wanted to even be a mother or not. Like I, I could just give up and not do yeah, this. Sure. Um, but you know, I really listened to myself and w- decided that I should continue to pursue this thing that I wanted. Um, and so I just moved through it. And in hindsight, I can see all the tools that I used to get me through it. And I can see so many lessons that I learned about what I'm not in control of and how I have to just exist despite the circumstances and like finding the things that I can control, which is not much. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that taught me so much about life, that experience, infertility, trying to become a mom, something that is, you know, like really easy and like not a, a thought for some, some people that was the dark night of myself. Okay. I love that. I, obviously I was there with you. Right. So yeah. I, we experienced that together and it was interesting because when Rini was going through her a fertility journey, I was deciding to do a career change. And so um, I had spent over a decade in leadership at Morehouse School of Medicine. I was definitely on track to, you know, be a dean in graduate medical education, which is the step after medical school before you become a licensed uh, clinician, before you become an, a licensed physician. And w- I realized that not only was I burning out at a high level, but the providers were burning out. The, the docs didn't have a sustainable way to care for themselves. And when you spend a decade of your life in one place, you begin to have um, personal relationships with these people. So when Rini was going through her fertility journey, I was in school deciding that I was going to the type A personality that I am in leadership, go back to school to get an advanced degree in a field um, that will help me to provide support differently than I had before. And that's what took me to uh, the clinical therapy space. But I was also learning what it meant to connect with people on a human level, on a heart level. And Mm -hmm. that's what the therapeutic journey is. It is capacity building. It teaches you how to sit with the most difficult emotions um, without it taking you out. And for the fertility journey for Rini was difficult. But it's so interesting, though, because you would consider that your um, your dark night of the soul. I can remember the turning point for you, like the, the fuck it moment for you when you were like, mm, no more. You were on your way to, I don't know if you feel comfortable disclosing jobs, so I won't, but you were on your way to your last job where they loved you and you were doing a great job and you were having a panic attack and you had to pull over on the side of the road because you literally could not physically make it to the job anymore. And I remember like us talking it down and walking it down. And at that time I was a licensed therapist. And so I understood panic and anxiety differently. I understood that dysfunctional anxiety is your body trying to tell you that there's a threat and you have to protect yourself from that threat. And so bringing you back to safety and anchoring you in your right now and the present was what we had to do. But after that, something changed. Like, it was like, you were like, 
uh-uh. Like, I cannot <laughs> keep doing this. Like, this is not okay for me anymore. And that was yeah. such an awakening moment for me because it was very unapologetic. Like, and yeah, you had to have a panic attack to get to that point. But after yeah. that, it was something that said like, nope, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. You know what? I was still, I mean, what you said there about sitting with difficult things and moving through them. I think the infertility journey helped me understand that. Like just because something is painful doesn't mean I get to retreat, you know? And then I moved on to this position and I was experiencing like workplace burnout in addition to being a new mom. So yeah, I was experiencing workplace burnout and I was a new mom now. And that shit was exhausting for me too. Yes, yes, (laughs) But the beautiful gift. And I was still pushing through, pushing through, pushing sure. through. I was using my coping mechanisms from the last battle, but it wasn't working the same because it was some systematic things. It was an unsupportive work culture. Yes. Um, it was a toxic work culture. And that part was, you know, it's out of my control. And I tried to, I tried as much as I could. Um, and then yeah, I was having a panic attack for something that was no, a normal task for me. Absolutely. And that was what really alarmed me. I was going to do an aspect of the job that I don't mind, that I enjoy the most, that I've done forever, but my body was having having this reaction. And I remember like asking God to like just guide me. And it something said, pull over. Yes. And so I pulled over yeah. and relied on my network of you and my husband, Chris. And, you know, y- y'all were like, come on. Actually, I had kind of had like a little mini panic attack before I left the house. And Chris was like, don't go. Yeah. But um, that that's still not the dark night of my soul, I guess, because I was able to. I feel so grateful that I was just able to move away from that. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's but, the support of husbands who say, come yeah. on. Yeah, and my and my support system. I mean, that's what I feel grateful for is I already had a support system that was like, this is not worth it. But I had to grapple with like how much my worth was intertwined with my working position, like my professional life. And once I unraveled that, that. let's stay there for a minute, Remy, because one of the things that I learned in this work and I support high performing professionals, I support leaders, I support creatives and entrepreneurs. One thing, especially black women, one thing that I've learned is that our we don't see burnout the same way that others might because our entire existence has been pushing through. So for as long as I've right. been on this earth, I was in the highest reading group pushing through. Like I, if it was the spelling bee, I was trying to win the spelling bee. I was like, had my flashcards out, like reviewing yeah. the words um, insistently and making certain that I didn't get it wrong. Like this is the only thing that we know. And so eventually what I just heard you say is your body said enough, right? You're, yeah. You know, I was doing all the things to push through. Like I bought a new coffee machine and yep. this and that and that and that. And like I had the baby organized and this, like I was like, I can do this. I'm going to be a working mom, just like in the movies. Yes, and my body yes. said no. Yes. And I mean, that is another thing I do want to shine a light on because what all I could see around me were other moms yes. who were doing it and who were 
doing it well and who were doing it without a complaint. And so for me, I was just, and, and that's why I want to open this up because when I really peel back the layers and talk to every mom, sure. they're like, no, I'm burnt out. A period. No, this is a struggle. It's this a is struggle. hard. And, yeah. you know, we hadn't been talking about it. And I'm like, we're all experiencing this. It's not yeah. just me, right? Yeah. And one of the things that depression tries to convince you is that you're alone in it. Like depression yeah. tries to tell you to isolate because you're the only person experiencing it. And one thing that I also want to highlight is that 80% of information is received through the body. So if we can take mm -hmm. a moment and just listen to what our body is trying to tell us, like be online and present, then we'll learn more about how the experience is um, affecting us. And mm -hmm. uh, one last thing that I do not like, I just want to shout these husbands out and we'll talk about what support looks like if you don't have a husband, because who knows what your support looks like. But when it was time for me to make a major shift, from my safety net job that helped me to support my family consistently well for a decade. And I told my husband I wanted to do something else. He said, let's do something else, right? And so being able to have somebody in your circle, in your circle of support, in your community, um, in your network that says, I'm going to anchor you through this difficult time and I'm going to pick up the heavier share of the load while you do this thing, like it matters. It's mm -hmm. a big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah, I think that would be one of the key takeaways is, you know, for both of these like dark night of the soul moments for me, yeah. it was community that got me through. It was my support system. It was you and Chris, because I've really honed in on you two being the people who I can just really come to and be like bawling and really be like my most vulnerable with but I also have a large network of people yes. in my like that I can drive five minutes to and get to someone's house to be like hey I'm struggling so that's the key takeaway is like build that community and listen to your body I was so overwhelmed that I was not even having the moments within the day to listen to my body. Absolutely. And that wasn't working for me. You know, some people can work at that pace and I have worked at that pace in the past, but it wasn't working for me now. Right. You and worked so, at for, for years. We yeah. have been working at that pace since we were 15 years old, right? And yeah. so it makes perfect sense to me. It's a reasonable response for the body to say enough 20 years later. Right. Like mm -hmm. this is not the first job where you were full speed ahead doing all of the things at the highest level. This is the only way you've ever worked. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know? So it's always been like high stress jobs. But I, I was just telling somebody this. But the big difference is I would be able to come home in the evening and on the weekends yeah. and decompress. And you can't do that with a toddler. They don't let you. Oh, mm -hmm. please. Like, kids are like, get out of here. I need all of the attention right now. Give it to me. <gasps> My little introverted personality is like, uh, <laughs> I, I am drained. I've yeah. seen people too many days this week. Right? Okay, you know what I also want to note, too? Everybody doesn't have, to be able to walk away from a job is a privilege. I want to yes. know. Right. So yes. I want to highlight that it's not something that everyone can do. And so when we're talking about capacity building, creating space for having multiple ways to manage stress, one of the really quick tools that you can reach into your regulation toolkit and find for yourself in moments where it feels overwhelming is self-compassion. Never, ever, 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 ever um, forget that being kind to yourself is what 
relieves your mind and your heart from feeling overwhelmed in the moment. And so you can ask yourself first, what does being kind to myself mean? Right. Like so if you've lived your um, the majority of your adult life or your your lived experience as just pushing through, perhaps we don't even know what kindness to self means. So you want to stop and ask yourself, like, what does being kind to myself mean? And then how can I integrate that into my world? What's a small kindness What's, what does grace look like? What, what does joy look like? What does happiness look like? And, and how do I do that now? Like, what can I do immediately to offer mm-hmm. kindness to myself, right? You can't leave your job. You can't leave your husband. You can't put your kids out, but you can offer a small amount of grace and kindness to yourself every day. And what does that look like? Yes. Yes. I love that. Um, I have a song that I'm, that I'm just thinking of. I'm going to put it in the show notes. <laughs> to, um, I'm going to put a little playlist in here for you all just to go with the vibe of self-compassion. Yes. That is a whole thing as well. I had to really spend time relearning how to love myself like I love my loved ones. Absolutely. <laughs> so what was your dark night of the soul moment? Oh, you know what? I've been really... Um, or have you had one? Right, right. So I nerd out on stuff like this. So I like sit within and I'm like sitting with my emotions because, you know, I live in this stuff. And I'm like, what is your dark night of the soul? I think that, um, I think that living my truth has been my dark night of the soul, right? Wow. So it's, it's very difficult for me. Like even thinking about it literally makes me emotional because like some people will, see my personality as a lot, you know, or the way that I love can be so awe encompassing that (laughs) it feels disingenuous. Right. And so I have had to kind of like figure that out over the years. Like, what does it mean to be who I am and unapologetically be who I am? And thankfully, Mm -hmm. I'm in a profession where I can show up for people without it feeling like I'm giving all of myself, right? Whereas people are saying, Janae, you're doing the most. No, I can do the most as a therapist. Like, I can show up one-to-one with my clients in that experience and just be there for them. So it's like literally the perfect profession for me because it's who I am naturally. But- most importantly, I lead with love. That's it. Yes. And I have learned to be very unapologetic in that space. What I have also learned is everyone doesn't deserve to have access to me in that way. So I have learned Karina, shout out to Karina Coleman for <laughs> introducing boundaries before I was a therapist and, <laughs> and letting me know that it's okay for me to say no. And if saying no means that a person is not going to fuck with me no more, then obviously they shouldn't have been fucking with me in the beginning. Right. And Karina is, is the first person that gave me space to say that my husband is very um, boundary friendly too. Like he is like a boundary King and, and I'm not because I am, um, I'm a recovering people pleaser. Like I am a person that wants everybody to get the most out of the experience. And so what I've learned is I can be that, like mm-hmm. I can show up and be um, a servant of people and, and give light and love to people, it just can't be to my detriment, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm always trying to find that balance. Like, yes, I can show up for you, but it can't be to my detriment. It can't be now I have nothing left and I'm 100% depleted because I've given all of myself to you. And that has been a lifelong journey for me. And so Mm -hmm. living in my truth every day, no matter what, and being unapologetic, that has been 
my dark night of the soul. I want to tell you how my dark night of the soul shows up though. I think that's okay. the, more, the, the bigger takeaway. I gain weight. So you can always see like where I am in my life, depending on my weight. Right. Wow. So I, I have never, I've been a mom my entire life. I've been married <laughs> since I was 20 years old. Like, so like sitting stuff out, like, no, I have to show up. But mm-hmm. when I am more, when I'm giving myself more grace, then my weight is healthier. When I am all in to my detriment, then more often than not, I am not at a healthier weight. And mm-hmm. so I can see where my dark night has ebbed and flowed because I can look at pictures of myself and be like, oh, I remember that period or, oh, I remember that time. And so allowing like loving myself, like loving my vital organs, like feeding myself what is going to offer my vital organs what it needs. Shout out to Shahida, who we are going to have on this show. She is one of the co-founders of Boss Mom Nation. She talks about this a lot, like feeding your vital organs instead of having disorganized eating or um, disordered eating, like being able to just do what's best for your body, like learning that as a way of caring for myself and offering kindness to myself. That has been a journey for me too, because my darkness shows up differently because I've never really given myself permission to have the moment of just, I'm falling to my knees. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. That's interesting. I didn't know a lot of that about you. I wouldn't have, I didn't know that your weight fluctuated in that and like proportionately with how much of a struggle you might be going through internally yeah, to just yeah. be yourself. So that's really interesting. And yeah, older we get, we have to really, really, really think about how we um, nourish our bodies. But yeah. the thing that makes me angry about this is that it's all super simple. Like these concepts feel so simple to me. Like yeah. listen to yourself, be yeah. nice to yourself. Like, yes. Why are we 40 and just. Oh, that's so good. Being able to dish this out. That's what makes me so upset. But I just try, I have to grapple with my anger. I'm a, I'm an angry person. But, yeah, you, so. but you know, I live in anger though. Like that's the therapist in me. Like <laughs> anger gets a bad rap. Anger says, oh, a boundary is being crossed. Anger says, mm, I don't like the way you showing up. I don't like the way that happened. And of course, you know that I am, um, I'm an origin story person. So I'm always looking at our behavior patterns through the lens of our family system. And so if we want to understand ourselves differently, I would say, let's sit with ourselves and see when we first experienced this anger, we first experienced being silenced, we first experienced food as a way to comfort us through a hard time. Like you, if you really sat with it, you would be able to track it and then give yourself grace because whatever you've done to protect yourself up to this point is exactly what needed to be done. What we're asking ourselves over and over again is, do we still have to make the same agreement? No. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and that is the answer. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So if this type of, you know, conversation around burnout, infertility, moving through the professional world, marriage, kids, and vulnerability is a conversation and you want to keep listening to The Future is Zen, this was a sneak peek yeah. at our episode. And we will have many more for you with lots of special guests in the coming weeks. Let's go. Thanks for listening to The Future is Zen with your hosts, Janae Hicks and Karina Coleman. 
We hope to help others find happiness, peace, and personal fulfillment, even in the midst of everyday chaos. Don't forget to check out the show notes where you'll find helpful resources related to today's episode. Also, we'd love for you to connect with us on Instagram. Follow us at The Future Is In for behind-the-scenes content, updates on upcoming episodes, and a community of like-minded Zen seekers who are passionate about personal growth and mindful living. Until next time, peace out.